1: What's up, you guys? Welcome to the October 14th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm like Gallagher getting ready to do a little mailbag for the weekend here. Uh, got a lot of questions. You've got a good sample size on preseason. We've seen a couple guys go off. A couple guys that had a lot of hype coming into the preseason. And now they have even more hype, especially one guy from his Thursday performance again. I mean, this guy's just ridiculous. And. We might as well start with him. And probably about six or seven questions from you guys were about deloading D'Angelo Russell. And yeah, he just went flago again. He's scored more than 30 points in two of his last three. His preseason numbers are t- just awesome uh, 28.9 usage, 61.1 true shooting, running at 104 pace. You love that. Uh, even a 29.1 assist percentage is really good. Uh, unassisted on like 76% of his buckets, which doesn't even make sense how good he's been. But, yeah, um, a lot of these questions are when you pounce. And, I mean, it's got to be fourth round now. Um, I'm not letting him go later than that, uh, unless somebody really falls that uh, that I like, especially point guards. I mean, there's not that many out there that you kind of want to bend over backwards for. You know, You're seeing him go around your Conleys and those guys, but I don't know, man. I, at this point, I, I think you would go Russell over a guy like Conley, um, over Drogic, over Teague. Uh, he's right there. He's pretty much after that, uh, John Wall, Lowry, Kyrie, Thomas tier. D'Angelo is probably right there. So if you don't get any of those guys, and then obviously CP3, Damon, and kind of the top tier guys, um, you, you, Probably think about Russell, especially if you go bigs early. Like say you go uh, AD or Carl Towns, and you go with Millsap or somebody along those lines, you're gonna want to get a point guard, especially in an eight cat. So yeah, uh, I'm fine with him. I actually have him at number 36 on on my board. Uh, I'm kind of all in. I probably wouldn't take him at 36. I think other guys are gonna slide. But yeah, he's he's legit, man. I don't I don't see him not shooting the ball. I mean, when you have a twenty nine usage rate and the way they're talking about him, he's he's gonna get shots and he's getting shots unassisted. That's just crazy to clear sixty two shooting with that much unassisted buckets. Again, preseason, but they're go they're playing him out there against good teams. I like that Jordan Clarkson's coming off the bench. That looks like that's gonna stick. So yeah, all signs pointing to D'Angelo having a, a monster season and you're gonna have to pay for him. This is kinda of like CJ McCollum where you could have to pay like fifth rounder or something, but this year you're going to probably have to pay four for a guy who has way higher upside than CJ had last year. CJ wasn't really too, he was pretty solid in assists, but I think Russell could be top 10 in steals, top 10 in threes. He could score 20 points a game, which is just wild for a guy who had a very quiet rookie season. Um, It's pretty clear that Luke Walton completely trusts him. You see, you watch him play, and... He's commanding the offense. He, he's kind of the Luke Walton on the court kind of thing. So yeah, it's it's all about deloading. Um, a question that was kind of a, a twist off that was similar. So uh, a keeper question looking at Conley or Rubio or deloading, and that's obviously you would take loading over Rubio. And then yeah, Conley. Conley looked good by the way. Uh, he had a really his last two games have been phenomenal. So. People are writing off Conley, man, but he's been hurt a little bit more. His steals output keeps dropping, so I'm not too panicked. I think that Conley, it, it's kind of like, I mean, if you want to go higher floor, you're definitely going to want to go Conley. If you want to go higher ceiling, I would go Russell. So it's it's tough. They're right. I have them literally right next to each other in the rankings. So, yeah, yeah, again, they're right in that, that point guard, that third kind of point guard tier. And that Rubio's kind of way down there, even though I think his minutes are going to be fine. I'm not really worried about Chris Dunn pressing him. Chris Dunn's been really bad, by the way, as far as the scoring goes. Okay, so another popular subject, justifiably so, is uh, Nurkic and how that affects Nikola Jokic. Uh, we got one from Lob City Fan. Uh, Charles Co. also had one uh, asking, why has Nurkic outshined? Jokic so much, and how close are they in drafts right now? Where would you draft him? I'll assume I'll just go both. I'm not worried about Jokic too much. You look at his preseason numbers, and they're pretty discouraging. If you look at a couple stats, his usage rate in 35 minutes next to Nurkic is only 11.2. That's very very tiny. Um, and then Nurk, by the way, 25.3, 11.8 total rebounding percentage for Jokic, 25.0 for Nurk. Uh, that's via NBA Wowie, by the way. So, yeah, um, it's I'm not I'm not panicked. Uh, I'll still take him at the turn of the second and the third. The thing with Jokic is not so you don't care about Jokic scoring that much. You care about this, uh, the positive output in dimes. I think his block rate goes up. The percentages are great. He's like Al Horford. You don't count on Al Horford for his scoring. You count on him for everything else. And I think that Jokic, even playing more power forward, could help him. I think the Kenneth Fareed trade rumors will eventually come to fruition, and I think that the fact that they're sticking with this lineup so much, with Jokic Nurkic, that Farid's even more expendable. They still have Darrow Arthur who's out. Um, they're going to play Wilson Chandler at the four more. So we we need to get Farid out of there. And if that happens, you're cool. You're cool with that. Um, but but regardless, I'm not worried about Jokic. And even if it costs him a half a round in ADP, that's that's all good. He's just. I just see no reason. As long as he plays OK defense, I think he's going to be really good. As for Nurkic, tough call. Uh, if you're, it, it's all about ceiling and what you missed out on. And if big men are flying off the board, then yeah, uh, I could see him. But I can't take him over a guy like Valachunas or any anyone like obviously Gobert. I mean, those guys are probably three rounds ahead. I'm pretty big on those guys. But let me kind of just go through some other centers we've got here. Um not taking him over Miles, obviously. Um, not taking him over Casal, not taking him over uh Robin Lopez and Nurk is pretty close. I would still probably lean Rolo. I think he's in a really fantastic spot. Um again, the floor is way higher for Rolo than it is with Nurk, and we do have to worry about Nurkic's Uh, uh, knee injuries and he's just very the way he plays it's just it's tough to stay healthy when you play like that but yeah he's right there he's right there in that uh, Gortat (coughs) Nurkic and then even Drummond if you're you're punting Marcus Saul has moved up Uh, I I think he's kind of possibly become a value he looked awesome shooting threes by the way Uh, he took three threes on Thursday so um, keep an eye on him took a lot of shots a lot of jumpers so they're really trying to work him in there to space the floor and operate more space for Conley. Another reason why you gotta like Conley, uh, a guy who a few a few years ago he was like a second rounder, but cooled off, and now I think we can kinda get him going again. Love the system change, and they love talking about pace with Mr. Fizdale. So positives for him. Alright, all right. <clears throat> all right. <clears throat> Moving on, we got one from J Ball Blogger asking about Otto Porter and has his rank been affected by Kelly Ubre, who's cooled off a little They've only played five minutes together in their preseason, so they're pretty much playing straight backups. Um, Porter's not playing too much for I expect that to happen a little bit more down the line here. He did bruise his ribs, so he may miss some time, and we'll get a little bit of a feel for how Ubre does. So if Ubre really kills it, which he can do, um, then maybe we get a little bit worried about Porter. I'm still drafting him, and he falls, especially if you do an ESPN draft. ESPN has some pretty low I mean, you could pick up Porter probably at like eighty-five, ninety, and he has the ceiling to, to go, top thirty-five, top forty. I mean, he's just—he's like kind of like Jokic, where you don't—you don't care about the scoring as much. You're going to get a little bit of dime, a little bit of dimes, a little bit of uh, block, steals, some threes. He should take a lot of threes this year uh, with John Wall driving and kicking more than one than he did last year. Didn't, he was kind of down for that two years, two, three years ago when they had a and those boys. They were really chucking threes on wall kickouts. So, yeah, it's definitely Porter. Uh, Ubre is only like a last-round flyer if you're in a super deep league. Another question from J Ball asking, uh, Gorgie Jang or Miles Turner at around 43? Uh, if Turner's there for me at 43, I'm pretty happy with that. Whereas I'm not even touching Jang at uh, probably even 63 right now. I'm, I'm a little scared. Uh, it, the B a threat is back. Uh, apparently, had a good preseason. Apparently, Todd Tibbs has worked on his defense a little bit. So, again, I'm, like I said in the last pod, I'm not totally panicking on Jang. I'm just not being aggressive on him. Um, yeah, just you don't you don't want to draft a guy that's giving you more and more concerns. And, and, again, I know we've gone through this before, and the old cream rises to the top probably fits the bill here. But, yeah, Turner, man, is just a guy. I'd rather have a guy in the upswing. And it's, it's not even close. I think it's like a three round difference, four round difference, maybe, for when I would go Turner over Gorgie Jang. Uh, so we got another D'Angelo Russell related question here from Melo Vader uh, asking to rank these four Russell, Bledsoe, Nurkic, and Depot. Easily Depot. Love him there. Um, and second Late second round, early third would be a steal. I'd be happy to draft him there. Cooled off a little bit, but there's nothing to worry about. He should. Uh, again, they don't, they don't have really anyone behind Westbrook. Christon uh, Ronnie Price isn't really good. So yeah, Depot's in a fantastic spot, and it's not like Westbrook plays forty minutes. So they're going to stagger Depot, and he should eat in probably the six, seven minutes a game that he'll get out there without Westbrook. So easily the number one guy. I would still lean Bledsoe. Uh, it's a little. It's getting pretty close now with over D Russell. And then Nurkic is kind of far down but so lost weight uh, I saw he's listed at 15 pounds Lighter than last year He likes that, likes his playing weight Hopefully that keeps him durable So we got one from Blue Man Group asking, uh, And then an also a uh, similar question From Matt Clarkson Asking about Drew Holiday And Tyreek Evans this, I'm not even drafting Tyreek I mean there's a possibility He's out all season uh, So d- don't touch him Drew again. It's all about who's there. You're gonna want to see. I mean, after you're pretty much looking at uh, after who we got here. Yeah, like 85, 90, I think is a good spot. Even earlier, like if you really, really missed 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 out on point guards and like after Teague, I guess it's probably even a fair game to go for him there. Uh, looking at some other point guards that we can see. Um, yeah, I mean, you're looking. He he may go. I would probably take him over Jeremy Lin. It's it's kind of close. Um, and yeah, George Hill. I would rather take him there. But I think Drew will be out there. He's a little bit of a gamble. But yeah, just after those those top notch guys, is a good time to pounce. Uh, so got a couple questions here asking about um, is Miles Turner, Jokic, or or D'Angelo the better breakout pick? I still got to go Miles Turner uh, just because love the blocking scarcity. I think that's going to give him a massive floor. Uh, they're really working him in the offense more. And he, I think he'd have a bigger preseason had he not had the concussion. So, yeah, he's he's still got to be my pick to have a breakout. I, I would say Jokic, but just the value zap from him. You can't really call him a, a steal. You're going to have to spend a top 30 pick in a decent league. So I love those guys. Uh, thoughts on Gary Harris uh, Debating to keep him for 10 On a Western Conference only $200 keeper That's a, a strange auction But uh, It's tough to say uh, i don't, I never played in the West Coast only uh, so Or West Western Conference only But that seems about right uh, I love Gary Harris I don't think Jamal Murray's really done anything to take minutes away from him And Will Barton's been pretty good But not going to totally panic on him there either so, um, got one from Wazi Bebe asking Trey Lyles or Terrence Jones. That's close. Uh, I would still lean Lyles, but could go the other way. Like if if you have a ton of threes, like say you draft Curry um, and you have somebody else who's really good, I could swing that the other way. Terrence Jones. Does have that knee contusion issue? I hate seeing that early. That kind of cost them about a round of value for me. I, I just I don't like seeing injury-prone players getting hurt in the preseason. They'd uh, be an overreaction there. Okay, so we got kind of a sneakier question here from Ben Stein asking for thoughts on Derek Williams. Looks like a sneaky little pick, right? Uh, he's probably going to start. Uh, I don't think Josh McRoberts is healthy or even capable of playing minutes in, in uh, even upper teens, maybe. Uh, Luke Babbitt's been okay. Uh, I think he'll get worked in for three pointers. But I mean, Derek Williams, a guy who can switch on a lot of different positions. We'd like to see that from Spo. We've seen Spo go crazy and even play Justice Winslow at the five. So it's not too far fetched to think that Williams could get some minutes there. Uh, he only had 21 corner threes last year uh, of his 254 makes in 80 games. So he could be uh, more built into the corner threes. I think he can, he's a pretty good corner shooter too. So a sneaky guy. I don't think you're going to bend over backwards. But once all, if you're, if you're in like a 16-teamer and you need someone who's going to start and get you 20 minutes with even a little upside, uh, not a bad option there. Maybe the new team could help his block rate and steals and overall efficiency. Uh, he's got 55 true shooting in the preseason. That's a, a positive for him. So yeah, uh, I'd say I'm on board with him. Um, kind of, he's kind of like Courtney Lee, a guy who offers a little upside, but it seems pretty good for where you're going to get him. So got another question from uh, a ranking question here from Charles Koo asking uh, to rank these guys: Josh Richardson, Darius Sarch, Willie Cauley Stein, Justin Anderson, Seth Curry, and Terrence Jones. That's the first two are pretty easy for me. Uh, It's Dario's got to be number one. Brett Brown really wants him to kind of facilitate. They talked about the cultivation of him and Embiid. Embiid, I didn't get any Embiid questions, by the way. Uh, That's surprising to me. Uh, But anyways, uh, yeah, Dario's in a great spot. Multiple category uh, upside. He's making long twos, quote, comfortably from Brown. And he's going to work on his three-point range. Uh, Seth Curry's been just one of the best scorers per 36 in the preseason. And he's going to be a kind of microwave-like uh, with with or a toaster or something, uh, he should be getting hot in a hurry. And yeah, his shots will be there, especially in the second unit. Love that he's going to play two positions. Um, I like TJ again. The risk is there, but blocking upside threes. His rebound should be pretty good. I think Anthony Davis getting dinged up helps his value a little bit. Uh, then I have Josh Richardson, who could play. Don't forget, I mean, he, he's expected to miss six to eight weeks, so he was looking at like in early November. But if, if you have a, a partial tear in your MCL and it's not a complete tear, it's usually 4-6. to six. So he sh- he has a pretty decent chance to be ready. Um, Willie Cauley-Stein after that. I'm not the biggest Cauley-Stein guy. Uh, they did start Scott LeBissier on Thursday. Didn't look good or anything, but uh, hasn't really done anything. Uh, again, I hate that he had the bad summer league. And then Justin Anderson, uh, a guy who would benefit from really an injury to anyone uh, on the starting five. Uh, because the guy can play three positions. Should be pretty good. So Iron Man asked, uh, will Ennis Cantor come off the bench this year? And if so, how many minutes will we have? I think he's coming off the bench, and I think that's okay. Um, like Kind of like the Clarkson thing, uh, he's going to be, I think he should be pretty solid. He's having a pretty good preseason. He's actually second in the NBA in scoring for preseason behind Mr. Devin Booker, um, who's been balling. But, yeah, I mean, you're looking at Cantor at solid minutes. You know, he was 21.0 last year. I think with Serge gone and not really adding much besides DeMontis Sabonis, uh, he should be able to get 25, 26 minutes uh, at least. And guy can hit free throws, 80% shooter last year. I don't think he'll be quite as good as his 58% from the field. Uh, his career is 53. I think that sounds pretty good there. But, yeah, the blocks aren't there. Only point four blocks last season. That's right on his career average. Uh, I like to see the steals come up a little bit, uh, but he's not going to be out there with Westbrook the whole time, which is a good thing for him. So that'll help his usage rate. Really, a solid pick. Uh, kind of in that Rolo Nurk kind of tier there. The guys that aren't going to win you week, aren't going to win you leagues, but he should be pretty solid. So and yeah, definitely a fine pick. Kind of like kind of like Rolo, where you're like, all right. I'll just take this guy and, and take the, the decent floor. All right, so Al's asking, he has a 10th and 11th pick in a 9-cat 10-team head-to-head. And looking at the best combo between Paul George, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Hassan Whiteside, and DeMarcus Cousins. I still, I think PG's your first there. Uh, I like his upside, like the new system. He, should be, he has kind of the best floor, I think, as well. Uh, been pretty durable since that that horrific leg injury, yeah. Uh, just, I'm doing more than just scoring, he's gonna make a lot of threes for you. Um, and then I, I would still probably go Anthony Davis, uh, even though that he's probably gonna burn a lot of people. But he's he's good. Um, he's just gotta stay healthy, and you hate to have that be the big concern. But he should be pretty pretty good. Um, I almost I like Whiteside more than LeBron right now. Uh, I'm really liking what we've seen out of him on the preseason. All that talk of his face-up game and adding more to his offensive arsenal seems pretty legit. Then LeBron after that, then Boogie Cousins, who's been more injury-prone, had some efficiency issues last year. And then lastly, got a question from Draft Shot asking for contract year players um, who could have a, a big season this year before they look to get paid. Uh, I mean, we don't need to talk about Curry and those guys uh, That they're not really playing for anything. They could miss all the entire season and they'll still get paid Um, So yeah, I guess we could start with Rudy Gobert Uh, making free throws. I thought he's looked pretty good Uh, more offense We've been waiting for the offense to come around at least a little bit And yeah, I think he's got a chance to be uh, back to what we thought last year where we thought he'd be a second-round kind of a guy Just didn't happen Um, He's making free throws now Looks, looks like a solid guy. Gordon Hayward, his teammate, uh, another guy looking for a payday. He should get it. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he can have a, a good season. Obviously, he's hurt now. I had that really bad foam fracture in his hand. Uh, Lowry's looking for a payday. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about Lowry. I think he's getting overdrafted. I don't think he's going to play 37 minutes a game again. But, yeah, he looked great on Thursday, by the way. What, he you 6-9, 10-10 from Rome. Ten out of ten from the line, I think, for twenty-five points, something like that it was really, really good. Millsap should be good. Yeah, I mean, lots of guys that are getting paid. It would almost take a whole pod to do this, but yeah, I, I tend not to care about contract year players, man. I mean, if you did that in football and you drafted DeAndre Hopkins, you're probably kicking yourself. So yeah, that's probably that's something I don't care at all about. All right, so we're gonna get out of here on that. Hope you guys enjoy your weekend. A lot of hoops this weekend. Got some good games on tonight. And we'll be back tomorrow. Take care. Bye.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.